Good evening. My name is Alice. I'm part of uh, New Life Community Church. And part of that is that I lead the new parent groups that meet in the back hall there. And we've got some of them tonight, which is extra special. Um, and I was asked to bring something about God changes. And we don't mean like God himself changing. We mean God changes us. And God changes circumstances. And he makes things happen. Um, and I'm a poet. Uh, so I'm going to do that in the only way I know how, which is through a poem with my assistant down here. Isn't it cute when the little kids sing away in a manger? But I guess to some of you, that's about an ancient, irrelevant stranger. <laughs> so why does this baby matter? Why do we have all this fuss? Didn't Jesus become an ordinary bloke? Maybe like a wiser version of us? Mm, let's see. If you're happy and you know it, apparently you should clap your hands. But what if you're sad or broken or hurting and life feels like sinking sand? Well then please, can I introduce you to my saviour, my friend, my king? I desperately want you to know the hope that trusting in Jesus brings. Because Jesus is God, the way maker. He splits seas, pours bread from the skies. And he's still working miracles today. I've seen them with my own eyes. So what is your pain that needs healing? Where do you yearn for breakthrough? Don't just wish upon a star. Let's talk to my God. He loves you. Thanks, guys. So I'd like like to start by asking two questions. Uh, the first one is nice and simple, so plenty of audience participation is welcome. Feel free to shout me back your answer. Here we go. Does everyone like receiving gifts at Christmas? All right. Here's my second question. How do you decide what is the most important gift? How do you measure its value? There are different ways that you can measure the value of a gift. For example, you could start with size, how big the gift is. Are you excited when the present is big? Are you less excited when the present is small? What about, what about gift wrapping for all you gift wrappers out there? Does the present become more important to you when you see the care that has been taken to wrap the gift? Are you a little bit disappointed when the gift is still in the Sainsbury's shopping bag? Or wrapped in tin foil? Yeah, I definitely don't do that. What about when you read the tag? When you know who the present is from? Does it increase its value, make it more important to you? When you know it's a fa you know, from a family member or your bestie? Then of course it comes down to the present itself. What makes the present valuable to you? If it's expensive, does that make it more important? Or are you not really bothered by something that's purchased? Do you get actually greater joy from something that's been crafted or made especially for you? Here's the point I'd really like to share with you this evening. A gift really becomes precious when you understand the value of it. And it's difficult to measure the value of gift by, you know, for example, its retail price alone. True value is attributed when you consider all the factors that have gone into making the gift what it is. 
when you consider the person who purchased it or made it, when you consider the cost in materials and in time, when you consider the thought that has been made, and of course, when you look at the gift itself. I can't hold on my, can take my ring off, but here we go. The ring on my finger is actually just a slightly bent gold ring. And in terms of monetary value, it isn't worth too much. But in terms of value to me personally, it's of great worth. You know, it carries memories. This ring was given to me by my wife on our wedding day, thankfully. The day we made vows to one another. It serves as this daily reminder to me of how blessed I am that I get to share my life with her and raise family with her. Once you begin to dig into the reason behind the gift, the value you attribute to it will change based on what you discover. You know, each Christmas we step into a season where at the heart of it all, we celebrate a gift that has been given, this baby called Jesus. Thankfully not delivered in the same shopping bag or wrapped in tin foil, but wrapped up in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And whilst this gift has been given, to really understand something of its true value, you've got to dig a little bit deeper. Consider all the factors. What is it that can make this Jesus a potentially special gift? And that's my invitation to all of you here this evening, during this season. It's an invitation to dig a bit deeper, discover something of the value of the gift given in the person of Jesus Christ. Christmas can be a very special time. It can also be equally a very tough time for some. This is an invitation to discover that Christmas could be so much more than you expected and far more than you anticipated. And to do that, you might need to look beyond the nativity scene. That picture of Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, the wise men, the donkeys, and all the farm animals under the stars in the star in the east and on the night sky. As lovely as that picture is, there's a reason for it. So as you step into the season, let me invite you to dig a bit deeper into the meaning of Christmas. Look at who gave the gift. Look at the purpose of the gift. Discover what that gift might mean for you. And one of my favorite books to read as a child was The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. Anyone read that book? At least three of you, I think. That was good. It's a story about four children. They kind of fall into this magical world and discover there's a battle happening there as well. And, and they have an important part to play in that battle. It's cool. It's got talking beavers. It's got Father Christmas. It's got large-scale battles and Turkish delights. What else do you need in the story? As I got older, I discovered, actually, that this story reached a lot deeper than just my first impression. You know, C.S. Lewis, the author, was a Christian. And the world that he had created in Narnia was a means of sharing a deeper truth that he had discovered regarding good and evil, regarding despair and hope, regarding a king in the shape of a lion who would sacrifice himself for the sake of those he loved and would ultimately hold victory in battle. This character called Aslan in the book, is crafted upon the person of Jesus Christ. Not just this picture of beauty and vulnerability that we see in the baby in the nativity, a bit like a lamb, but the revelation of wisdom and power we see in a man called Jesus, a bit like 
a lion. That bit of revelation took a book that I loved and significantly increased its value, causing me to love it even more. Just that little bit of digging deeper made a world of difference. And to read to you a quote from the book, it says, wrong will be made right when Aslan comes in sight. At the sound of his roar, sorrow will be no more. When he bears his teeth, winter meets its death. And when he shakes his mane, we shall have spring again. Now, before I wrap up, that's my early Christmas pun of the evening, by the way. I wanted to have, thanks, mate. You can keep that going all night, mate. <laughs> I wanted to have a little fun and dig a little bit deeper with some of those Christmassy elements we can be so familiar with. Okay, so let's start with talking about Christmas angels. We're going to dig a little bit deeper. If I said, what do you picture when I say Christmas angels? Can I find some young people around here? Who, who would like to tell me what a Christmas angel looks like? Mara. Oh, I think you're going to tell me the right answer. That's, that's not going to help me. Mara, tell me. People in white wearing wings. People in white wearing wings, yes. Absolutely. Equally, could be found in Bournemouth on a Friday night. Oh, okay, it's okay. Anyone else want to have a go after I just really went down there and then came back? Now, I might be assuming here... I'm probably thinking that the general consensus might lean towards cute little tall cherub-sized finger figures with halos and wings. And in the first verses that we read this earlier this evening, it says that when the angels appeared and the glory of God shined around, the shepherds were filled with great fear. The angels then respond and tell the shepherds that they don't have to be afraid. And that's actually more the typical experience we see in the Bible between angels and humans, this sense of fear when encountering these messengers of God. So if I was to cultivate an image in my mind relating to angels in the Bible, it would look more like Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. You know, much taller figures with a kind of like brooding warrior thing going on. The Bible defines angels as mighty messengers rather than cute little cherubs. Angels, they fight battles, they deliver news, they deal in protection, and actually on occasion can pull together quite a spectacular choir. What do you think when I say about Christmas spirit? I imagine you might even think along the lines of something of like the feel-good factor, to be of good spirits, like the line from Elf. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all too. Everyone's seen that movie. When Mary of the Bible is to be found with child, it is a miracle that occurs to the power of God's Holy Spirit. Whilst Christmas, as a feel-good factor, can be good, it also can be like a little bit looking, like looking at a pre Christmas present from a distance. You know, there's some pleasure in it, but you won't really fully experience the gift until you unwrap it for yourself. If we really want to get to the heart of Christmas, it's less about the feel-good factor and more about God's power to step in and bring about change. God has the power to change the narrative of the story. That is something of the discovery regarding the gift of Jesus. His arrival changes the narrative of our story. Without Christmas for all of us, our story looks actually quite similar. However, with Jesus, our story has the potential to change. 
Christmas spirit is less about the feel good and more about God's power. And finally, what do you think if I said, what about Christmas presents? Well, I actually, uh, I, I confess, I'd slightly play, wordplay on that one. However, it's likely we might think of the gifts that we would give to one another. Yeah. Again, it's a bit like viewing a present from distance. If we draw a bit closer and dig a bit deeper, the scripture says that Jesus, this miraculous son, will be called Emmanuel, which when translated means God with us. When the Bible talks about Christmas presents, it's helping to us to see the staggering truth that in the birth of Jesus, God's presence came to be with us. Through Jesus, God came to dwell among us. So even if we just, in like 10 minutes, dig a little bit deeper, we can see Christmas angels, probably not cherubs, mighty messages. Christmas spirit, not about good feelings, but about God's power to transform. And Christmas presence, not a temporary gift, but the presence of God's company with us. And that's my invitation to all of you here during this season. That as you celebrate Christmas, or if you know that you're going to struggle with Christmas... Take the opportunity to look beyond the surface, dig a bit deeper, and discover something of the value of the gift given in the person of Jesus Christ. For the scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. I'm going to hand back to the band, the guys, but just on behalf of all of us, I want to wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas.